out the gate With a good sailor Benshaw Tell your stories And I tell you a few of mine Stories about the sea Justin Jenkins wrote this song it's sailing around the world. He's a friend of mine and the guest on today's episode He's a local sailor musician, carpenter, and more, and he's sailed all over the Pacific. Currently, he lives aboard his Looters 36 at the KKMI yard in Richmond, where he also works. And when we connected a little while ago, he was planning on taking off on this boat for the Marquesas. But as we all know, sailing plans change quickly. He's put that trip on hold for the moment, which is actually quite pertinent to the conversation we had because we talked a lot about the stress and anxieties that preparing for a long ocean passage can bring up, both in terms of the actual sailing, but also the strains it can put on relationships. So it's an interesting conversation that I think a lot of people may relate to. So let's jump in. My name is Justin Jenkins. And we are sitting here aboard Cisco, my looters 36, and also here with my friend Chris Knight. And he's uh, busy working away, putting CF numbers on the the plaques, and the boat's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I came down the dock here at KKMI, and as soon as I saw her, a wave of nostalgia just came over me because... I had a Looters 33, as I just mentioned to you. Right. And boy, oh, the similarities took me down memory lane. So this is a, a fantastic boat. You said 1970? 1970. Um, <clears throat> I have had her for about four years. And yeah, with the intention of taking a big trip with her. All right. Well, we'll get to that. But I know you've done some extensive sailing in the South Pacific I imagine elsewhere. How did that all start? Where where'd you grow up first? So I grew up in Southern California yeah. in a town called Fullerton. Okay. In like a college train town. Uh and inland. Nobody in my family uh were sailors. My grandpa and hit and my great grandpa on my mom's side, they are from Rhode Island and I believe that they worked on a fishing boat. But that's about all the. Did you about. hear stories of that growing up, or would not no, really? No, I nope. I didn't hear any stories yeah. of any of it. I did have a cousin that took me surfing for the first time when I was about seven or eight, and uh-huh. I think that's where the the seed for the ocean really got planted. The water, um, the love of the water, and yeah, and then basically I came about to sailing when. I was working in construction, and there, the contractor I was working for, he was selling his Cal 28. This is still down in Southern California? Yeah, down okay. in SoCal. And okay. uh, 
Dana Point's a little harbor down. Oh, yeah. Kind of like real cozy, quaint little harbor. It's beautiful there. And yeah, so he was selling his boat. I remember I went down there and kind of went down below and we cracked open a Pacifico. And I said, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing how to sail it. No, I'd never, I'd never been on, I'd never even been sailing. And, uh, and the guy that I was working with, he was like, dude, don't you want to go sailing before you buy a boat? I was like, okay, well. <laughs> and so I went sailing for the first time on his boat. He had like this little, like a little folk boat or something. Okay. And that was my first time sailing. And, and I fell in love. Nice. And I moved on the boat like a couple weeks later. And now here I am almost... 20 years later, still yeah. living on a boat. How many boats in between? This would be number four. Okay. Yeah. What was the experience like learning on that? Learning on the Cal was cool, man. Like, I basically lived on the dock, and then there was a lot of, like, racers that were always around. Mm-hmm. My early experiences was hopping on to beer can races nice and that's then, a great way to learn yeah it was cool and it was it was really exciting to get to push the boundaries of of sailing and get to kind of see what what is possible out there and yeah and it's not on your boat right you're breaking something <laughs> it's not your boat yeah oh my gosh i remember this like this first one of the first times i went out beer can racing and and uh we were tacking up the channel and it was pretty windy, and like I just remember the whole boat heeled over so far, and I was like standing sideways on the boat, and I'm just like, like oh my gosh, this is supposed to be this way. <laughs> and uh, it was it was pretty exciting, man. The racing was definitely like a good intro into like the community of sailing too. And after after the races, and I joined the yacht club over there, the Dana West Yacht Club. I was their youngest member. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it kind of uh, got into, you know, started to take little trips up and down the coast to Oceanside and, uh, you know, just kind of back and <clears throat> back and forth to, um, you know, down to San Diego and little trips to Catalina. The first time I sailed to Catalina, I had grabbed a couple a couple ladies on the dock and they had a boat, a couple slips down for mine. And took one of my one of my high school friends, and so we set off for the weekend to go down sailing to Catalina. When we arrived, all of our electronics had batteries died, right? So, <laughs> and of course, we ended up staying an extra day, as one does in Catalina. And my VHF, everything was dead. Our cell phones were dead, and we so we got got back into Dana Point like around seven or eight, and we were so tired, and we just passed out. And I wake up about three or four in the morning with this light shining down, you know, down into the, uh, into the cabin. And, uh, and I'm just like, I'm down below and I'm just kind of, you know, it's kind of when, when pot was like illegal. <laughs> so there's like trying to hide stuff down and they're like, are you Justin Jenkins? Uh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, what's going on? And they're, and they're like, do you know that you're on a pond? No. Do you know what that is? And I was like, no, your mom, Nancy Jenkins, has called the Coast Guard and we're about to send the helicopter after you looking for you. Oh, man. So you might want to call your mom, Justin. 
And so wow. was my, and I started listening back to all my messages and like, uh, Justin, this is the uh, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Uh, give us a call when you get in. And, um, you know, and so I start in the morning time, I, I, I start calling back all these numbers and call back the Coast Guard first and. I could hear in the background when I said it's Justin Jenkins and they're like cheering in the background that they had found me, you know, <laughs> pretty embarrassing, but kind of a good story. That is a good story. I mean, I guess people just expect to be connected all the time. Your mom knew you were going. Yeah. So it's a worried, the worried mom. So that, I guess mom. the moral of the so, story is pay, tell your mom where you're going. Yeah. You know, you charge your phone. You charge your phone. <laughs> <laughs> that was like, the early on like taste of what the sailboat has to offer as yeah. far as like adventuring. Does your mom s- still worry about you being she, out on the water? She worries about me, but she she understands, you know, kind of more of the the flow and yeah. sway of uh, what it's like to have a yeah. a world traveling sailing son. Have you taken her sailing? I've taken her sailing. She's, you know, I think that she has uh, trouble. With the boat healing over and stuff. Yeah. Um, it's hard when you don't know. You don't know what to expect. Yeah. 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 And she's, she's had, uh, she's had some health issues, uh, and so it's kind of, I think, you know, considering that it's kind of a, a little difficult. But, yeah. Yeah. But. So, all right. So, how did we get from that boat to a thirty-six foot boat ready to take off? So after the cow, I sailed down to San Diego, and then I ended up buying. I I was building docks for this place called uh, Blue Water Marine. Okay. And then so I got in, um, and just uh, there was this boat that was for on a lean sail over there, and it was this Columbia Thirty Four, and uh, for two thousand bucks, and I ended up nice. getting that Columbia Thirty Four, and then I prepped that thing up for the next few years and then so you say prep that thing up what kind of work did you have to do to it i mean looking around here you were showing me before the cabinets you've made the the um compression post that you've made for the mass obviously you're quite handy yeah i think those were more of my skills that i've recently acquired <laughs> okay <laughs> here at kkmi when i i realized that when i got a job at kkmi you know, I had like a lot of boating experience. I sailed across the Pacific. I really thought that I knew about boats until I came here. And then I realized that I didn't know anything about boats. And now I'm kind of just left pretty confused, you know, like I know that I know more than I used to know. But yeah, then the more that you know, the more you exactly know you don't know, the more you realize all that you have to still to learn. Yeah, it's vast, you know. So but what did you have to do? You said you worked on it for a few years. Yeah. So you know, basically from re-rigging it to electronics to finding, you know, some used sails that I put on there and kind of just got that thing to a point where I was ready to leave. I had a good friend, Peter Borsma, uh, that had sailed around the world a couple times on his homemade boat in the 70s. Okay. And he was there like every day, like helping me through my i was so panicked and so nervous and mm. just like every day he would just make sure that like i was staying on track and i would have never ever gone if it wasn't for him that's great to have and a so mentor he's like a that. very special person to me and um and i really like admire all of his experiences and 
you know, what he's really stuck out and offered me as far as the support he's given me and, yeah. and encouragement. And um, so with his help, I got the boat ready to set sail. And um, in 2013, May in 2013, uh, me and my girlfriend at the time uh, took off and set sail to the Marquesas from San Diego. Ah. And then, you know, traveled Straight around. from San Diego to the Marquesas? Straight from, it was a 32-day okay. trip. So that was like a pretty good, it was a pretty good chunk. Um, was that, the, that was the longest passage you'd done? Yeah. That point. Yeah. And I was, man, I was so scared. Like, when I left, I was like a crying and just like a nervous wreck. And I didn't sleep for like three or four days. And that the boat was ready or about your skills I, or what was it in particular that scared you? I don't know. It was a reflection of the state that I was in. Yeah, sure. You know, and I think that looking back and reflecting back on the trip in 2013, I wasn't really like happy, man, like mm. with what was going on. There was definitely definitely like this element of of like running away. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um and I think that like for me growing up in you know like a traumatic household that that the boat really provided a safe place for me. Mm. And I think that when I first moved onto the boat into the cow like it was just really like the first time I think that I just had this blanket of like safety. Hmm. And as I w would come down below and I just felt this warm sense of like comfort. It was your space. It was my space, you know, yeah. and, and, and I was like, it was my island. Yeah. And I was like the king of it. Yeah. And whatever I wanted to happen and whatever like dreams arrived, then we could do that. There was something to me that offered me like this freedom of like exploration and this freedom into like retelling a story this transformation yeah you mentioned you were um escaping a traumatic uh, family experience of childhood what what were you escaping from looking back i think that i had a a lot of resentment mm. and anger inside yeah. of me yeah. and i think that to try to deal with that i think that i thought that if i changed my scenario or yeah. my location that I would be like getting out of that. But what I realize is that, you know, that those things will follow you. You take them with you. You take them with you. And yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah. I, I, I remember thinking going off cruising a long time ago and not knowing what I wanted to do or what I wanted from life. And somebody telling me that going off, it, it'll be great. Enjoy it, but it's not going to help you figure out what's next. <laughs> right. And I think that, like, even as I, you know, reflect on this new adventure that I'm taking on Cisco, that the trip has changed, man. You yeah. know, it, its meaning has has changed almost like in into, like, Every month, it's beginning to like unfold into a new. Well, let's back up and tell me where this dream on Cisco began. So on Cisco, I 
had bought Cisco. I was when I came back from the South Pacific. I had sailed the Columbia 34, ended up in Fiji after a couple years of cruising around. The boat was kind of in disrepair, and I just I wanted out. Yeah. And I was I didn't have any money. I only had 400 bucks when I left, and I just worked on boats the whole time to pay for it. That was going good, but after a while, I was like, I was exhausted, and I was sick of being broke. Yeah. And so I came back. I ended up getting married to my girlfriend that went with me, Anna, and we moved to West Virginia and lived in West Virginia for a couple years Mm. and helped take care of her aunt that had dementia. I got to kind of dry out a little little bit. I made wooden spoons in the, in the workshop and uh-huh. kind of got lost in the trees and the forest. And it was beautiful. West Virginia is a gorgeous state. It really Mountains. is. My dad's actually, he, he was from West Virginia. He okay. died recently. Um, but West Virginia is a special place to me. You yeah. know, After spending some time there and kind of drying out, I, I realized that, you know, that I wanted to be on the ocean again. And so... I was searching around for boats and looking around all over the all over the world and I was ready to jump on it and I had just finished up with a remodel down in Orlando and so I had a chunk of change and there was this Looters 36 for sale over in Pier 39. <laughs> uh, I actually saw it on Craigslist but when I emailed the the people like they didn't respond and uh-huh. I was so nervous that I that I was going to lose the boat, you know. Yeah. And yeah. so I I went back and I looked at the picture and you could barely make out the for sale sign, the number on it, on the picture, right? Okay. Because they didn't supply the number, right? Right, right. And so I like, I kind of just barely made out the number, and I called <laughs> them up, awesome. you know? And I was like, hello? <laughs> uh, and they're like, hello? Are, are you guys selling the boat? Uh, yeah? I'm like, yes! <laughs> and I ended up sell- I sent them a thousand bucks. I had a couple that that I met in uh, Fiji that lived in Merced that were back here, George and Joanne, they went and checked it out for me. And they're like, if you don't buy it, we will. Oh, wow. And, uh, and then Wait, I, where, where were you at this point? You I was in, in Orlando. Bay. Oh, you were in Orlando. Okay. Yeah. And so I packed up my stuff. I had like a camper, a uh, Toyota truck with a camper shell on it. And we packed up our shit and we moved across and I got a job framing houses. I did that for about a year. And then I realized that I was really unhappy. Yeah in my relationship and I thought it was like so many different things and I realized that things needed to change and what those things were I wasn't quite sure but I just knew that like something needed to change Mm. and we ended up getting a divorce I remember coming over to KKMI I was uh building a bookshelf for a friend's boat that I had met uh his girlfriend in Tonga and she actually did some sailing with me to Fiji. Okay. And so they were in town and I was building a shell for them. They were, they were pulling their masks at KKMI and I, and I came over here and I didn't even know what KKMI was, but I immediately picked up on the vibe here. And so I spent the night on their boat. And in the morning time I went into the office and I said, Hey, my name's Justin Jenkins. And I want to, uh, I really would love to have a job working here and I'd love to keep my boat here. And what do you think? Paul Kaplan called me up and he's like, hey, I got a job for you. When can you come in? And and I remember sailing over from Oyster Point in the rain by myself, nervous as hell with my Perkins was like, I could only, the fuel injection pump had got water in it and it was 
making diesel so i can only run it for like a minute and i dropped my anchor right out in front of the bay here and i ran it and paul paul kaplan came over in the pouring rain and caught my lines wow and i I almost knocked him out when i threw him i was so nervous (laughs) but it was meant to be you went in you asked for what you wanted and and it happened i had this opportunity to in front of me and about after about a year of being here i realized that I wasn't taking advantage of it and I was realizing that I had was having a really hard time dating Mm. and I reflected on going down to the up and under and I was just like Justin like the person that you're looking for isn't going to be looking for you here so I stopped drinking and I haven't drank in like three years. And that was like, wow. And that was like a really like, you know, like that was an important move for me. And I think that like, that's a really big step for, for me. And, but also like the quitting drinking was just the beginning, you know, it was like a beginning of like healing that needed to take place to arrive at the place that I'm in now. Um, and so like over the last couple of years, um, I've been working on Cisco and I've also been working on myself. So did that, 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 that turning point that sounds like yeah, getting the job at KKMI, then having the realization that you wanted to change and stopping drinking. Did that go along with this, this idea of you're going to get Cisco in shape and go off cruising again? So in my mind, I had, I had this idea, right? And it's this, the story that I told myself is that I want to go cruising around the world and I want to find somebody to go with me. Uh-huh. And, 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 and that story, that's a great story, right? It's like this fantasy story, like, uh, you know, of like some Disney movie or some, some shit, you know? But that story was causing me a lot of problems. Yeah. You know? And, and it's just like until just recently, like during COVID, I met the most wonderful person in the world, Sadie. And... Yeah, she changed my life, and she changed the course of it. And I realized that the story that, like, I had told myself of, like, wanting to, like, find somebody to go sail away with, like, that I had carved out a space for somebody before I even met them. Mm. That doesn't feel good for somebody to have to be in a space that you've carved out. And, like, it creates a lot of, like, codependency. And it almost, like, that story was almost the end of me. Life's never going to unfold the way that, right. that you're going to write it for yourself in the future. You've got to go with the, how it how it flows. And I would say that, like, in the past few months have been trying to fill in that space that I have carved out yeah, and let Sadie find a space to carve her own story. And that shift has really changed the whole adventure for me and the whole meaning of it. So tell me about Sadie and how she fits into this idea now. So Sadie is, me and Sadie met uh, online in November of 2020. It was amazing right from the get-go. Uh, There's a, a lot of connection and we just have a wonderful time together and really like to tell you the truth probably for the first year or not 
maybe even more like I can't remember when she first went sailing but I was working on the boat the boat wasn't in saleable condition mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. and I was spending a lot of time working on myself so Sadie really hasn't done much sailing yeah it's just recently that like I got the boat kind of put back together have been taking sails around to Angel Island and everything but I haven't even been out the gate in Cisco and so I kind of am saving going out the gate and turning left and um and that's kind of this idea that I had of this, you know, fantasy of like what's going to happen. And I, I don't know. And it's happening. Well, is Sadie joining you? So Sadie is joining me. I think as I shifted the trip as not something that I'm doing for Sadie, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, that I'm doing for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And as I made that shift, the people that I needed to appear appeared. And so Jan is one of the customers here at KKMI. He has a, a charter company and he is a, he's a licensed therapist in Vermont and um, just a wonderful, super cool cat. And Alex is a firefighter, Coast, retired Coast Guard. Um, and he also has a boat here uh, that we've worked on. And I'm friends with his brother, bill uh and from dana point so it's funny like and so they're world. they're sailing or they're flying down to san diego and sailing with me the marquesas and when sadie's a social worker okay and so when the school ends she's gonna fly out to the marquesas and we're gonna begin the trip so your plan is to take off head south yeah so i guess right now where we're at is get down to the marquesas get ready to just kind of like sail around and probably end up heading to like either Fiji, um, maybe Suara and then Samoa or there's a lot of different, yeah. I, I, I like there's a lot of options. So I was going to ask you, have you, you've sailed, you've cruised the South Pacific before. Yeah. What are you really looking forward to? What do you want to see that you didn't see before? I kind of feel like I'm a new person uh -huh. and my capacity to, to be open and feel and experience this trip in a new way that I didn't last time. Yeah. That's what I'm most excited for, Cool. you know? And like, I think that anywhere you go in the South Pacific is amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I would love to go visit some more atolls. Um, I uh, I would love to catch more waves. Mm -hmm. So spear, you continue the fish. surfing. Yeah, I'm bringing three boards with me. Okay, nice. so I love surfing. I love diving. I love fishing. I love playing music. Um, and so I'm gonna be putting on lots of shows. Will you play guitar? I play guitar play? and sing. Nice. And um and a bunch of other instruments too. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm most excited to make friends, you know, Sweet. make friends from all over the world, get to experience um, people in their raw state. Is it making friends with other cruisers? Is it making fr friends with people who live on the islands, all of the above? What do you have, like, from last time you were there, what was really meaningful for you? I mean, I think that the family that you join when you – start to do ocean cruising yeah. is a the most wonderful family yeah. you know it's it's really special people 
that are really rare and that really it really takes a certain kind of person to risk it all and put it all on the line to connect in this way that is so hard to yeah. connect with you know it takes you know randall Rees was over here um I was I had like almost an anxiety attack a couple of days ago. Oh, I did have an anxiety attack. Yeah. And and it's real, man, you know? Yeah. And it's like I thought like I was really wanted to talk to Randall and I called him up and he came over to the boat and we sat down and talked and um and he's like, "Yeah, Justin, you know, it's normal, man." You know. <laughs> it's normal to feel that way and it, it's it does seem like of all the the push that takes you you know, to this point of like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Like, is it worth it? Is it like worth all this stress? And to know that like, when those sales go up, that all goes away. Right. You know, and that is like, to like trust in that. And I think that like, there's an element of like, trusting in yourself, that you are listening to this inner, like, inner part of yourself. And you have to trust it. Otherwise, you never go, you know? Right, right. So, actually, the last time I was here over at KKMI, uh, I was hanging out with Randall. Randall was very kind. I was doing a little trip around the bay uh, on a tiny little 10-foot dinghy. And uh, somebody introduced me to Randall. And I, I came up to the dock, and he said, I'd been sleeping in this thing as as I was going around. <laughs> he said, "What are you? Don't sleep on that. Come sleep on Molly." Because when Molly was here at KKMI, so he gave me a berth on Molly, and I met Randall, and he was just so kind. So he's a he great is, person. Right? He's the coolest dude. Yeah. He's just like yeah. he's just like talking to just I don't know, man. He just really it, it's so comforting. Yeah, just talking to him, and he you just, know he's been out there and seen a lot. He, he it's like <laughs> it's just so. And you, in the way that he talks, he's just like so humble, you know. Oh yeah. Like there, there's not like an ounce of like this ego about him where he just is like. He's just stoked. He's stoked to be out there, and he's stoked to be like connected, um, and I feel really stoked to be like. Part of that, you know. It is that community, right? Yeah. He's. And people support each other, just as you were talking about before. Um, and even like the party, like I just had my going away party, and yeah, and it it was really Which cool. Which I was bummed to, to miss. Yes, yeah, it's, it's all good. <laughs> but uh, I think you know, like my mom flew out, and my little brother, and just like so many people from do so many different parts of my life, uh, some of them sailing and some not, you know. Yeah. And, and I thought that that was really special, you know, that it's like sometimes I think we get drowned in like immersed in sailing and it's hard to like tap out and have a life outside of that yeah but i think it's so important right for like especially being in a relationship you yeah. know and having but some kind of something to identify outside of sailing and i thought that like that it was so cool man to see my friends from all different places that don't know those different parts of my life that are all connecting, you know? And like, I think that was like the biggest joy for me to like see that and to see all of my friends like introducing themselves 
to my friends. Yeah. <laughs> so that is awesome. That is fantastic. And that that everybody's here supporting you. Yeah, man. And especially as you're, you know, having going through all this craziness at the end to the final push where, like you said, you know, it raises anxiety, having anxiety attacks. I I remember having anxiety attacks before I had it off. And I I remember calling my dad and saying, this is supposed to be fun. <laughs> and he said, like, yeah, it gets better. <laughs> but tell me a little bit about that anxiety how do you manage it what do you what do you, what what keeps you up I, I i think that like i think that what keeps me up for me is like unsettled business yeah you know is like what keeps me up is not feeling secure in my relationship mm. at home so it's you know? the interpersonal stuff. It's not nec- it's not the boat. You feel good about I feel the good. Boat. I feel good about the boat and uh, like but kind of reflecting on like where our inner strength comes from. Yeah. And I think that like a lot of that comes from our support, man. Yeah. Like that support group. And I think that what helps out my anxiety is like reflecting on all my support. Yeah. You know, it, reflecting on all the people that I love and that showed up for me on Saturday and like all the people that couldn't be there, but still like are in spirit, you know? And I think that like in sailing, like what really attracts me is that it takes a team, man. Yeah. Even if they're not on the boat with you. And we're like literally like putting our energy and grinding and like into like onto these wenches and pulling lines and we're putting our physical energy to make this vessel move through the water. I mean, it makes me think so when, you read you read any solo sailors you talk to randall and he talks about how it's a it was a mental journey right it's but even if you're not a solo sailor it's still a mental journey absolutely when you're out there and and it's and it's totally different when it's your boat yeah then like right. hop, hopping on like yeah. as crew like that was it's like a way different experience you know like when i have to like learn how to like manage my own stress and manage like the crew and then manage the anxieties of like what happens if this problem arises, how am I going to tackle it? And like, I think that having breathing exercises, if we can control our breath, we can control our body. Yeah. You know, if, if you can calm yourself and your breath enough so that your heart rate is down, then you're no longer triggered. Now you can keep making good decisions because it's like, if you stay in that state, you can no longer make good decisions. So we have to like figure out as the captain and in life, how do we get out of this state of anxiety or how do we manage it in a way where we can still perform? Sure. Right. It reminds me, I was listening to some podcast and I cannot remember who it was. It was a woman sailor who was saying when some when the shit hits the fan, the first thing she does is go down and make herself a cup of coffee. Just to have that time to breathe. Yeah. To take a moment to think about, okay, what am I going to do? And Yeah, it's so important. Right. Yeah. And I like figuring out like how to just be more like calm and comfortable in my own body that like how much that's changed not only like how i am at work and the quality of work that i'm performing but also Mm. like how do i manage myself in these stressful situations at sea how do i like how do i like manage my crew 
and how do I manage conflict with them, you yeah. know, and like, yeah. and, and trying to recognize like, and, and you have to like, I don't know, man, it's like, unless you really kind of shine some light on your own struggles with that, like, they're going to come up in those situations. And like, if you didn't like, I don't, if you don't have a little bit of like, foresight you can have all the preparations on your boat and feel great about the boat but it's like if you don't know how to handle conflict you're gonna have a really hard time and and really like the whole point of sailing is to have a good time out there if you don't know how to manage conflict in a healthy way nobody's gonna want to sail with you man that's true and you can only <laughs> and you can prepare for that and at the same time there's no way to know how you're truly gonna react and absolutely. what you're gonna do until you get out there and you do it right yeah so. yeah absolutely yeah. Definitely get out there and do it. <laughs> get out there and do it. That's a lesson. And that, you know, that's like, even as we sit here, you know, uh, I think that part of the whole thing is like, you have to be cool with realizing that it's not all going to get done. Oh, hell yeah. You know, and like me and Randall oh, were talking about leave. that too. It's like, you're, you have to like, you have to accept that and prioritize your list so that, hey, here's the things that we need. Here's the things we can do along the way. And that, that kind of makes me feel more settled. There are so many people who have never pushed off the dock because, the, well, everything's not checked off. If you're waiting for the list to be done, you're never going to go. And that just, like, and that push, man. I think that, like, this push and these, like, the anxiety attacks, the stress on your relationship, all of the things, it is you shining, dude. It's us shining, man. As a carpenter, like, I always think of, like, have this analogy of like a knot right is is where a branch comes yeah. out of the tree right yeah, yeah and so as that branch comes out of the tree that creates like a weak point in the wood right a knot but that knot is that branch is essential for growth and without those knots there like we're not going to be able to keep growing to change our perspective and to see above and and beyond where we're at now the pain that this trip causes is the not it is the growing it is the the progress of your own self and you'll look back on it and you'll be so proud of everything you've learned and everything you've accomplished and everything you've done and if that's... i could just get out the gate hopefully you don't have uh, uh, any more anxiety attacks before this <laughs> what haven't we talked about that you want to mention i don't know man um I don't know. I think that just to reflect on Cisco is a special place, man. And not only is it my boat, it's it is a named after a very special city. That city to me is transformation. If I could sum up San Francisco like in one word, it would be transformation. In my own transformation in Cisco's the boat transformation and in the transformation of all of us as people here in the city, I think that what a beautiful thing to call out, you know, that like, this is a city that challenges people. And this is like a city that, that leaves us better than we were before. And that's the message of, for me and Cisco is transformation and growth. This is another of Justin's songs. 
That wraps up this episode. As always, I'm Ben Shaw, host and producer of the show. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Instagram at OutTheGateSailing or email me at OutTheGateSailing at gmail.com. Until next time, smooth sailing. Tree and everybody was dancing.